Hi there, welcome to our podcast for College Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick. In our last episode, I started interviewing Ben and Shelby Hufford, who have been married now for about a year and a half. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to listen first to episode 118, where they give a little bit of a background on how they got to know each other and what they did recently, and then continue with this episode. So, Ben and Shelby, welcome again to our podcast. In the last episode, we had uh, started speaking about marriage. So regarding marriage itself, we know through faith that it's a lifelong covenant or commitment, right? But it's a wholehearted commitment. It's covenant, right? Between one man and one woman, which has been elevated by God from a natural order to the supernatural order of grace to the level of a sacrament. And it's intended for the mutual spiritual good of the spouses and for the good of the children, right? In order to get children to heaven and families to heaven and make the church grow, right? So um, how today, today, however, uh, I, we live in a society that believes less and less, even among Catholics, unfortunately, less and less in a lifelong commitment of marriage, right? Um, I remember once I was... Uh, preparing a couple for, or talking with a couple, not preparing necessarily, but talking uh, about marriage and the lifelong commitment. And the parent of one of them was around. And afterwards, he, he, he tells me like, well, but you don't really believe that it's for life, right? That I mean, we say that, but that's not really possible, right? So no, no. I have examples of people who have lived lifelong commitments and they're still out there and uh, it is possible, right? And we believe precisely that the sacrament is what helps make it possible. Without the sacrament, it may be more difficult. And that's why it's important to get married. Um, so uh, why would you say then, would you, in your uh, perception or opinion or your advice to young men who are considering marriage and who maybe get these messages that it's better not to get married or better, better to live together, right? Uh, what would you say uh, that it is good to get married, as opposed to having uncommitted relationships? Well, um, so we actually, I think Ben has some opinions on this for sure. We talked about this before. But one thing that I was just thinking as you were saying, um, the question is we took a class actually in college this semester that we got married. It was called the Philosophy of Love, Sex, and Marriage. And one of the things that we went over was a study. And so this is purely like not spiritual. This is just on a practical level why you would want to get married. Um, we can definitely talk about the spiritual benefit too, but um, we went over this study that was not by, it was, I don't even, maybe it's a government study or some totally secular source um, that basically measured happiness and financial success and success of a relationship, happiness of children, um, you know, literally like physical health of spouses and their children anyways. Um, and like in pretty much every single category, people who are married instead of, living together, even if they were like living together permanently and had been for 20 years in a committed relationship, just the fact that somebody's married in a public way and has like declared that, um, even if they weren't Christian or what Catholic or whatever, their relationship, their finances, their physical health was always better when they got married. Um, and so I think that that speaks certainly to the power of that God has given to marriage to unite men and women, um, but also just the fact that when you commit yourself 
like when you are living together, there's always kind of a backdoor out. Exactly. No matter how in love you are, how good you can interact together and manage things in a household, there's a mental backdoor out, you know? Of and course. that can always lead to, I don't know, that, that just is, if you're trying to give yourself to that person to say, oh, I'll give you myself, but only if you're like this. Um, to have any kind of a caveat is just going to weaken the relationship that you have. Um, so if you want it to be full, it has to be an eternal commitment. It has to be one that can't be broken even by time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good to bring up. Even the, even the secular science says that marriage is better. Um, but I, I, more on the spiritual side, um, I think the biggest lie that we get fed uh, from our culture is the lie about like what freedom is. Um, and so most people think that freedom is found in getting to do whatever you want. Right. And that that causes happiness. And it's so funny because everybody has found that out to be not true time and time right, again. Right. But pe- th- still you believe it. And so, it, but it's like real freedom is found in God's plan for your life, which is your, your personal sanctification. Like that, that's your, it's not a freedom to do so- stuff. It's a freedom for heaven. Right. And so in the same way, that's where um, the commitment to marriage comes in. It, it seems like you're kind of tying yourself down and people, there's so many metaphors that people use of like, yeah, yeah getting, getting tied down. The, you know, the, old, the old ball and chain right. handcuffing yourself yes exactly and it's like that's not true there there's so much freedom in commitment it's like if you commit yourself to somebody you never have to worry about them you know that them leaving you or right, and that, right. it's like you are on this mission together and i think even on a practical way it's like if you have a disagreement about how something should be done in your marriage or in your household or whatever, it's like you have to find a way forward. It's like you can't just, <laughs> there's no way out except to answer this question. If you don't know how what kind of dishwasher soap to buy or you don't know how many kids to have or whatever, it's like you have to figure this out because you're going to be with this person forever. And right. so there's no there's no plan C. You know, it's like we have to, or plan B, I mean. Um, Which is the same after a B, there's right, a C. Right. So. But it's like no if you're problem. trying to choose <laughs> no between two D roads either. forward. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. None and, of the other letters. Yeah. So, yeah. And I just think that that's where the, the, in that freedom of commitment, that's where so much joy and happiness is found. Like there's yeah. been the, the best year and a half of my life has been the past year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's, it's not been the, like the easiest year and a half we've had, you know, different things, family things go on um, that were really challenging, but there's, there's just so much freedom and so much joy in um, just committing yourself fully to somebody. Right. And I would say uh, also, first of all, from the commitment point of view, um, it's like the priesthood and like any commitment to anything uh, or once you're a priest and once you are married already, there's greater commitments you can take you know, uh, in, in, in things in life. And when you commit yourself, uh, you can expect fruits. Uh, if you never commit to anything, you can expect that there's going to be less fruits. And, and this is why many, many times a person that intentionally does not want to commit, then they're left with themselves, basically, right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, 
So that's one thing. Uh, uh, that's more or less, you know, it's an opinion, it's a, a perception if you want, but definitely uh, marriage is better in the sense that the sacrament gives you the strength to be able to be faithful to that commitment. It gives you strength that we don't understand because we are humans and it's a strength that comes from God, right? So it's a grace, the grace of the sacrament that helps you be faithful to each other, uh, to, to handle difficulties together, to face the challenges that you otherwise would not be able to face. It helps you grow spiritually, grow intellectually, grow as a person, grow as a Christian, and that all comes from the sacrament, you know? And, and I think that that's the great gift uh, that people don't understand that mean people we don't understand, but people in the world don't understand, or worldly people, because there's no view of faith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the sacrament is valuable because of things that uh, it gives us that we don't see. Now, uh, we're talking about marriage and so forth, so what would you say? I know that there's more to say, and you're still starting, right? But if you were to speak to uh, a, a young man that is dating now, and he says, I don't know if I should get married, there's too many challenges. What are the challenges? So he asks, what are the challenges of marriage, you know? And what are the uh, some of its benefits? What would you say are the challenges in marriage and the benefits in marriage? I mean, I think the biggest, or one of the things that I guess maybe was surprising to me at the beginning of marriage, um, obviously there's lots of challenges and of a ton of benefits. Um, but I was really surprised just in the difficulties of living together um, in like a really basic way, um, Ben and I, so Ben and I went to the same college. We got married our senior year. And so we spent like a lot of time. I mean, we would study in the library together. We would get lots of meals together when we were in college. So it's not like we spent that much more time together once we got married. But once, but once we got married and started living together, there was definitely just a shift in terms of like the, the amount of like, I guess, conflict that can happen just in terms of living together. Because if you think about, I don't know about everybody else, but I know that when I um, moved out of my family's house, I was surprised by how much easier life was. Not be, my family's great, but it's just hard to live with other people. Like there's a lot of, as a kid, you're, you know, in high school Mutual or whatever. spaces. Yeah, yeah, shared <laughs> space, um, whether or not somebody eats your food. Um, your toothbrush. Why some, did you use my toothbrush? Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's gross. Um, but, you know, it's like you're trying to do some, a project that you've been meaning to do for a long time. Somebody just walks in, oh, can you help me with this? And you're like, you are just totally not prioritizing me or whatever. You know, there's all these things that are hard about living with your own family. And I know that even once I had moved out, whenever I would go home for Christmas, I would get refrustrated and I felt like I was becoming a worse person again. I'm like, wow, I'm mm-hmm. so annoyed all the time and just a difficult person to live with. And I think a lot of those things started to come out once we got married. I was like, oh, I haven't actually changed. I just have been living by myself for a while. Um, And so there's a (laughs) lot of, I think we're just sinful human beings. And so when you live in close proximity, and then also on an emotional level, when you're that emotionally intimate with somebody, you can hurt them a lot deeper than than like a stranger could hurt you or even a good friend could hurt you. Um, You know, you can get offended by things you might not be offended by in a different relationship. Um, and so all of those things just make it challenging, I think, to be to have that deep commitment and like that deep level of friendship. Um, it can just be really challenging. Um, but I also think that that's like the same reasons that make it challenging are the things that are the most rewarding of being that close to somebody and having somebody know you so well and getting to spend that amount of time. I don't know. Yeah, it's very fun. Mm-hmm. So, I know Ben had something yeah. to say, though. I don't want to cut you off. Um, 
Yeah, I would say basically, yeah, I, I like that you said you're just like living with a sinful human being. Um, and your job you're is... You're talking about Shelby, not you, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and it's like your, your life vocation is now to like sanctify your, I mean, through, through the, the grace of the church and, um, and the sacraments to like become sanctified, but then also to help sanctify this person. Right. And so you're, so you're called to be virtuous and that's always hard. And it just becomes especially hard when there's like another person that you, instead of, you're not like, um, you're not just doing it for yourself. You're also doing it for another person. Mm -hmm. So you're always called to be like selfless in love. And if you're just like a single person, like it's not that hard to like find ways that you're being selfless. But if you're married and it's like, oh, can, you know, if you're both laying in bed and it's like, did we lock the back door? And it's like, (laughs) who's going to get up and lock the back door? And it's like, I totally don't want to do that. But it's like, oh, here's a little way to be selfless. And that's, that's always going to be hard. Um, But again, it's a virtue. So so you can grow in it or you can Mm -hmm. not grow in it. Um, and then in terms of the benefits, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people talk about how hard marriage is and it kind of gets a bad rap, but it's really like, it's really awesome. Like it's so much fun. Um, you get so much joy out of, uh, just giving yourself to another person and having them give themselves to you. It's just, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, (laughs) of marriage and like getting married young because you can't wait until you have your life together before you marry somebody because right. you're never going to have your life together. So just marry somebody and you can kind of get your life together. Obviously, As you go. As you go. do that with prudence. Like don't, you right. know, if you're... Six years old. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Maybe wait. <laughs> um, Maybe. Get out of high school first. Right, right, right. Probably. <laughs> right. I think it's a little bit as, uh, as religious life that you have uh, benefits and challenges, but the challenges are really benefits in another perspective, from another perspective. They're yeah. crosses, difficulties that you have to face uh, together and that help you become virtuous if you know how to uh, see them as a cross, like a cross meaning I carry it with Christ and I carry it with this other person, right? And uh, that can be a very unifying thing, right? Um, and those are everywhere. Uh, the other day it happened to us that uh, I didn't, I never knew anything about this. <laughs> so we have two buildings here in our, our family center. So there's this building where we're at and there's the house where we live. And whenever there's a, an alarm in the middle of the night, the police is, or the, the fire department is going to come. Okay. But before they come, they give you a call. But the call, of course, cannot be to the building that is empty. So we have to give a number where someone's going to answer. And that's always Brother Daniel. So in the middle of the night, the other day, they called. And there's a fire alarm ring sounding and it went off in your building. So he picks up and he has to wake up and come to the building at 2 a.m. I never heard anything about this. Oh, my goodness. Right? So he does that sacrifice. It's a devastating thing when you're trying to sleep and trying to get your rest (laughs) for the next day that is a full day and very heavy work, let's say. He had to get up. We never knew anything. He could have woken. Hey, everyone! Why does some? Why does one of you go to the <laughs> other building and check the fire alarm before the fire department comes? Because if not, they're gonna be with all their sirens, and we're all gonna wake up. So he could have done that, but he no, he yeah. went and uh, went to check the alarm and turn it off and whatever, answer the call and so forth. Uh, anyway, so those are the challenges, but the gifts 
of both religious life and community and 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 marriage, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, let's say, what would you think are some of the challenges that are or mm, temptation or or if you want things that could damage marriage? And what are some of the things that you you should do? We should do uh, like married people should do to bring themselves together more and more. Because again, this is a project you start. It's almost like the same as religious life or as a priesthood, right? You start. You're not all said and done. You have to. You keep growing in your mutual love, and you have to keep growing in that. And 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 uh, let's say uh, make that grow with different ways and and uh, the sacraments and prayer and so forth. So. What ways, what things can damage your marriage, would you say? And what things can you do to make your marriage strive, uh, uh, grow? Yeah. Thrive, that's what I was looking for the word. <laughs> yes. Um, I think there's a lot of obvious things that damage a marriage that are like big. Like if you're unfaithful to your spouse or something like that. Right. And most people understand that. And that can be in smaller things. It doesn't yes. necessarily mean now I'm going out with another lady. Uh, no, it can be like talking too much to someone else or talking less to your wife and more to some whoever, right? Yeah. Or, or putting your heart... So it can be... It starts small and then it grows, right? Yes. Um, yeah, I think... Um, uh, yes, I, th I think that's totally true. And I, I think it's also important to remember that it is... That we're engaged in the spiritual battle and that... Satan hates marriage, you know, because it's it's this vehicle for sanctification. Um, right. So it, it's a foundation of, yes. a, of society. Yes. So marriage. understanding that um, there's so much grace available for you in the marriage because, you know, God loves marriage. He, he ordained it. He, created, um, he himself right. is a community of persons. Um, right. And so... But understanding that there there are forces at work that are trying to drive you apart as a married couple, and so again, yeah, there's there's lots of like little things that that can damage that. Um, really, I think probably the biggest thing that comes to mind, and this is something I, I really learned a lot from Shelby, is just like when you have some sort of conflict, making sure not only that you forgive the person, but that you make sure that you're both reconciled with each other. You know, it's mm -hmm. like we call confession the sacrament of reconciliation because you're being brought back into union with God. Um, and so after a disagreement, it's not just like, I'm sorry, you know, I forgive you. And then you move on. It's like you both, you voice your, your feelings and your emotions um, and y you like do what you have to do to like be, be reconciled with one right. another. Um, so, yeah, and then in terms of to make a marriage thrive, basically make sure that you yourself are are pursuing um sanctification and virtue um and then doing everything that you can to to help your spouse do that and and especially um you know spending time personally in prayer, um also praying together, going to mass together. Like if if Satan is doing everything he can to drive you apart as a couple, then all those things are, are just so much more powerful to, at, at keeping you together. Um. Yeah, and I think that one thing we've talked about before is just the, th the fact, in terms of like, I guess things that can drive you apart and how to, one thing that can bring you back together is that I think once you get married, um, it becomes actually 
like on a very basic level, the best thing you can do to make your marriage thrive is just always to do the good of the other person. And I think that before you're married or for somebody who's single, that can sound like a very like catechism answer, you know, that's just very basic. Right. Um, And it's hard to imagine what that actually looks like. But I think once you're actually in the day in, day out of living with another person, it becomes very simple to just do the, like, it's very hard. I think it's one of the hardest, harder things of life. Um, but it's actually really simple to do what's right. Um, and I think that's one of the beauties of the sacrament is that if Ben and I, you know, can't decide where to eat out for dinner or whatever, it's like, it's in it, or I don't know, like that's a small example or what kind of thing to buy at a grocery store or something. It's like it before, you know, you're weighing, okay, or, you know, if I'm single, I'm weighing, okay, how nutritious is this food, right? Uh, how much does it cost? How far away is it? Blah, 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 blah. You know, you have all these practical things. But it's like, once you get married, it's like, pra- like the biggest thing to consider is what would Ben want to do in this situation? Or if you're trying to make a financial investment or something, you know, before you're considering all these things. But it's like, if Ben feels really strongly about something, that's kind of the biggest indication. Obviously, you have to weigh practical things too. But if your spouse feels really strongly about something um, or doesn't want to do something that you really want to do, it's like, it's just, you know, maybe one night you have to stay home or, you know, you want to go to the movies. I don't know. Just like trying to figure out what to do with your life or decisions to make. Um, it beca- It's hard because a lot more often you have to give up what you would rather do. Um, but it's also really simple because you're like, well, the best thing to do is just to do what the other person would want. Um as long as that's not like immoral, obviously. Um, and so I think if you can just like live by that day in and day out, that's kind of like the best thing you could do for your marriage is just to live for the good of the other person, um, which again sounds kind of abstract, but becomes really practical once oh, yeah, the other person's right in front of you all the time. Right, right. With their preferences and dislikes and likes. and Right, and a couple of things that I would add is not add, maybe to concur, is one is to have a prayer life together, individual and together. So mm-hmm. uh, you have the grace to live in a, in a house that has, because it's connected to a campus ministry uh, endeavor, it has a chapel and you have Jesus there, yes. right? So, yeah. so you can go and pray before Jesus very easily. Uh, so that's a very good thing to do for couples that are either discerning marriage or already married to pray together and individually to have time before Jesus because uh, th- he has to be part of this relationship. He has to part of be part of this project, right? That's the second thing that is, I think it's useful to have in mind, that it's a project that you both have to do together. So if you get together to death, you're successful in this project, right? Um, and have that in mind, you know, uh, people who are married. Um, and then another one... There's probably many other things, but one thing that I think is very important is to have time together to converse and and Mm -hmm. speak Mm -hmm. seriously about your mutual interests and uh, your expectations. Sometimes, oh, I thought you were always going to tell me this, and the other person, well, you never said that you wanted me to tell you that. So, (laughs) like, okay, so you have to share the mutual expectations, right? And and those, what are your expectations? And then lay them down. And lay them out, right? And then what are what are your expectations? Well, these are my expectations. Okay, and then we'll see. Maybe they're irrational. Maybe not. Maybe they're reasonable. And to talk about them, right? So that quality time together is more important than to be financially successful, you know, and to be super, live in a super big house or 
have like all this time of vacation and so forth. Those those things help only partially to uh, one's marriage, right? Mm -hmm. Very good. And do you have any last thoughts or comments that you'd like to share with uh, college students or uh, either young people who are dating uh, or not dating and would like to be dating or are dating and are thinking about getting engaged or they're about to get married or just got married? Any, any, any of those, <laughs> right? Just that's a lot of things. But any thoughts that anybody except very priests. particular no. <laughs> category, right? Right, yeah. right, because they're not already like twenty years <laughs> into marriage. I'm right. like, oh, I'm yes. going to give you an advice here. Yeah, no, yes. I won't try that. <laughs> um, I think one of the one, something that Ben mentioned um, that I would just probably reinforce, especially for people who are, um, you know, anywhere before getting married, um, is just like. To combat the lie that marriage is so hard and such drudgerous work. Like, I think especially because there's obviously the secular lie that marriage doesn't matter. And, you know, you can just go, you know, get married, get divorced whenever you want. But I think even among really faithful Christians and Catholics, there's all kind of an attitude. And I imagine it would be hard to, you know, be married for 50 years. But it seems like among people who are older often or who have been married a long time, sometimes I think they want to um, kind of not like scare people, but be like, oh, you just don't know how it like, just you wait, it's going to be super hard. And um, yeah. just wait until you, you think it's all fun and games now, but just you wait kind of attitude. Um, which I think people have that about all kinds of things. But I know that when we got engaged, there were several people who said things like that to us, um, which was kind of discouraging and was like, oh, we have this great relationship right now, but maybe once we get married, it'll be super hard. But then, you know, you're like, okay, well, we're Catholic. We want to get married, so we just will. And then I feel like, obviously, we've been married a year and a half, so it's kind of hard to say this, but maybe I don't have all the credentials here. Um, but I feel like it's been so much fun. Um, and they're, like Ben said, there have been really challenging things in our life and it has been really hard uh, or there's been really hard things that we've had to work through probably more than anything else we've done in our lives but at the same time it's been like the biggest joy ever you mm -hmm. know um we've had definitely the most fun we've ever had definitely right. the happiest i've ever been and so and definitely like have the best relationship with god that i've ever had like best prayer of my whole life like i just think that there's so much joy that people forget to talk about because it's like any job you have, right? It's like once you are in your dream job, all you can think about is the, you know, 10% of the job that you hate. And then you just complain about that. It's like, well, maybe we should talk more about the things that are super fun. Um, right, right. And I, and I imagine because people hear, oh, she, it's all super fun. It's not that it's the fun of the world. No. It's an enjoyment in Christ, right? So right. it's an enjoyment uh, to enjoy the things of every day, um, maybe again having to rake the leaves in the in the backyard or right. getting new chickens. And, yes, we got new chickens. Right uh, on the mail, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like I I was just talking to my sister. I I've re like Ben was saying. I've been trying to learn how to become a better cook, and I've been trying to cook these fancy dishes recently. Uh -huh. And like I never liked cooking before I was married. Like it was just so annoying. I'm like. I don't care how nice this food is, if I burn it or not, you know, whatever. It's just kind of something to get done is like the meal times. But then once we get married, it's like, this is something that I get to give Ben. And like, he gets so happy when he eats good food. And that's like so fun for me. And it's like, there's this whole thing of like, now I get to learn how to make good food and he gets to enjoy it and I get to enjoy him. And like, that's such a small example. Of course. But like, Great. there's so much joy in meal times now right. because- 
it's just fun and we get to talk the whole time. Um, so there's lots of just like really basic things that I feel like come to life um, in like new colors or whatever. I don't know. Like it's just, yeah, there's just a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would totally support that. Um, I really like how you ended it where it's, yeah, all these tasks that were menial before become like an opportunity to give yourself like doing the laundry is like not just like okay well i gotta do the laundry it's like oh well shelby doesn't really like doing the laundry so i'll do it and like what a great opportunity to serve her um and she gets happy that she doesn't have to do it and it's like oh great i just made her happy (laughs) and (laughs) and i don't like i totally don't mind doing it and so um so i'd say that and then also i think especially um in the students i talked to at hillsdale there's like a lot of anxiety about figuring out your vocation in college Mm -hmm. and people almost i think put too much stress on it obviously it's important to um pray and discern your vocation but you you can't dictate god's timing in, in revealing that to you and so if you're in this period where you're like well i would love to be a priest or i'd love to get married but i don't know what i'm supposed to do I think like you still have a vocation in that moment. Like if you're a college student, you have this, uh, you have a vocation to be an excellent student and to, and to be an excellent friend and to be a good family member. Um, but you just have this overall vocation to holiness. Um, and it's, you can't forget about that in seeking like, you know, what is my sacramental vocation to be? You still have this overall life vocation of being, being a holy person um, and being a virtuous person. And so, you know, it's like, I guess don't sweat it. Like, <laughs> have a good prayer life, um, go to mass, go to confession, um, and be excellent at whatever you're doing. And like that's, and, and you know, discern your vocation, but kind of the um, devoting, devoting the everyday is still, um, that's still an act of service to God. And um, it's still, you, you know, yeah, don't sweat it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that if you can, like I was talking about, the like the small ways in which you have to die to yourself, and you in marriage you try and do the good of the other person. Um, if you can do that with other people, it's like you're surrounded, regardless of who you are and whether you're dating or not, or engaged or not, or whatever. It's like you're surrounded by people who you could be practicing doing their good, and that would be preparing you to be the best husband or wife you could be. And so why not do that? Because And then in the process, that's also getting you to heaven. <laughs> right. So right. like Ben said, it's like if you just try and become a saint, then you'll probably wind up with a great spouse or becoming a great religious. Right. Very good. Person. Very good. All right. Very good. Well, thank you so, so much for, for sharing your thoughts today. Um, thank you for being with us today. It was great. Thank you so much, Thanks, Father. Thanks, Father. Yeah. And thank you, everyone, for uh, staying with us. Uh, it's been a longer episode this time. But it was worth the while and worthwhile, absolutely. Uh, so if you like this episode, please share it with others. I hope you can also benefit others by uh, sharing the message today of Shelby and Ben. Uh, pray for them. Pray for their uh, marriage and uh, pray for all the priests and for more vocations to marriage, right, we could say. Yes. Uh, so may God bless you all and uh, we'll hope to see you next time. <laughs>